welcome everyone to the Asian Voices Youth Radio Podcast, where we discuss all things related to the life growing up as an Asian and Pacific Islander American. I'm your host, Jazen Tong, and our special guest joining us today is Mina Fudor. Mina is the founder and executive director of the organization AAPI Youth Rising, an organization founded by actual AAPI youth in middle school whose mission is to take small actions and making positive changes for our community. Hey, welcome to the show, Mina. How are you today? Hi there. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm doing well. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, obviously, based off of everything that you've been doing, your whole entire organization, the whole mission view itself, it would be a disservice if we didn't have you on the show. I mean, come on, you guys are doing the good work for our community. Um, if anything, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm sure a lot of people want to know more about the person that founded this organization. Like, where'd you grow up? You know, how was the how was life for you growing up? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I've grown up pretty much my whole life in California. Um, I'm currently going into freshman year of high school, but <laughs> API is rising. Yeah. Uh, so I still got a lot of time, but um, uh, API is rising was founded when me and my members were like nearing the end of seventh grade ish, I think, because it was that spring. Um, so we've been around for a little while now, um, but I'm, I'm excited for the future. Um, and excited for everything to come. Um, well, where'd you grow up? I, I grew Cal- up in, yeah, I grew up in California. I spent a little bit of my childhood down in Southern California, and then I moved here, like, to the Bay Area around five years ago. Um, so. Okay. Uh, where in the Bay Area specifically, if you don't mind um, me asking? We're in the East Bay uh, near Oakland. East Bay? Is there is there like a, a big Asian American AAPI community in the East Bay? Yeah, very luckily there is a, a very big um, and active um, AAPI community within the East Bay and the Bay Area just in general, um, which is really nice to have. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I have some friends in the Bay Area, and they tell me there's like there's such a big like culture difference between people in the uh, Bay Area and up down here in Southern California because I'm from I'm from Los Angeles. So uh, luckily, we're also like a big melting pot of different uh, people of co- different communities and stuff like that. But we also do have a big uh, AAPI community down here in Los Angeles. Um, how about I'm curious, is everybody in your organization? Because I know that it was founded by you and a lot of other I'm assuming uh, other middle schoolers that were also in East Bay as well. Like mm-hmm. your friends, are they all from East Bay or are you, have you gotten people yeah. from outside of even the Bay Area? We've gotten actually a few people. It sort of happened really fast, but we had, um, I guess we made like a Google form to reach out to other kids because most of the members that were there at the time that we made the form were like my friends or my friend's friends. So they were all only personal connections and we wanted to uh, reach out to more youth. And they were all also in like the East Bay also. Um, So now we have a few members from SF and around the nation, um, uh, a few of them. So that's really exciting. But yeah, it was originally just sort of me and my friends in the Bay Area just trying to do something. But That's pretty crazy. I, you know, like I, I don't think a lot of people even at your age think about starting like these kind of movements or organizations. I remember being at your age and I just remember thinking that like I just want to like start a television show with my friends or a YouTube channel with friends, you know, being at that age because that was kind of the the age where a lot of AAPI uh content creators on youtube are, are getting big and getting uh, a lot yeah. of fame on it so you know we just at least when i was your age we just thought about hey you know we should be like wong fu productions we should start making videos on youtube and everything but you know for someone you're, you 
that was that age like me to have thought of just starting an actual movement and organization to do these small actions. Um, obviously, I have to ask that what what led to the creation of AAPI Youth Rising? Do you want to like run by the day that like this idea just popped into your head or the day that you yeah. got people together? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was never like, I guess sort of, I'm going to get a 501c3. I'm going to do all this. It's going to be like a, <laughs> a multi-year long project. I'm going to recruit people from all over. The- it was never like that. It did not start off like that. That is not at all what happened. It was kind <laughs> of, it was just sort of like a process. It was just sort of event after event of things that happened, I guess, in the world. And then, um, but the first thing that I did or the first time that I spoke out about something relating to the API community or um, advocating was actually, it was like in sixth grade in the springtime. And we had like a virtual assembly because COVID just went into effect. And um, my family member, my mom was actually um, just a few weeks prior, she was walking down um, the street near our house, just a few houses down from my own. And this random lady just decided to cough um, in her face. So I really wanted to say something um, just to my small community, um, my middle school about it. Uh, so I, I, I spoke at an assembly and I was super scared. And I just, I recently found the recording again, somewhere um, <laughs> lost in my photos. And I, I watched it and I was like, geez, this, so much has happened since then. But that was the first time that I sort of spoke up. I just wanted to like do something and say something to my own school. Um, and that's when I started learning more about advocacy, more about racism, um, just the world in general. Um, and I really grew from then. And then around a year-ish later than that, I there was had been way more attacks on the Asian American community. Um, a lot of attacks on elders. Um, there were people who were being injured and it, it became much more of a bigger issue or I guess one that had gotten more, I guess, uh, media attention. So a few more people know about it, but I still felt like the issue wasn't being properly represented. And also a lot of youth voices weren't really present there. Um, and I knew for a fact that youth were being impacted a lot and elders were being impacted a lot. Um, elders would be attacked, but youth would get all sorts of bullying from their classmates and all that about their race. And it was new and it was around coronavirus. So I wanted to say something about that and raise more awareness. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe we could have like a little gathering or event or something like that. And um, when I drive to school or when I drove to my old school, I guess I'm, it's not my school anymore. I'm going to a new <laughs> school next year. But yeah. anyways, yeah. driving to driving to school at the time, there's like this footbridge thing that goes over the highway I drive under. Um, and I, I had seen like climate protests there before and I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. I could hang a sign or something and cars could like honk and support or whatever. And it would just be a little thing. Um, and then I sort of reached out to Berkeley council members to ask for advice. And I don't know, I just wanted to, that's how the rally started. But after the rally, um, I guess we just sort of realized that there's more we could definitely do. Um, and that our voices did have an impact on the world. So that's how I guess the movement started getting a bit more launched after the rally. Um, but um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I do want to say I'm sorry that that happened to your mom. And I'm sorry that you and your family had to go through that. That must be a really scary thing to have to go through. And not only scary, but it must be frustrating to be treated that way. You know, just like for because of some comments by someone else or this misbelief that 
uh, an entire community itself as the cause for something so uh, devastating to the country. It's just it's just a terrible thing to be happening. And yeah, I, I get what you mean when you say that there was a lot of bullying in school, just like you. I was also bullied in school at around your age as well for being just simply Asian. And unfortunately, I didn't have the strength back then to have called to action or to have done something about it, nor did I have anyone around me that would have done the same thing. So I got to say that it's it's really refreshing and honestly just, you know, it, it makes my heart get three times the size bigger to hear and to see that it's not going to be the same for your generation, that you're not just going to take that lying down. Um, I just want to thank you. Thank you for being brave and thank you for doing something about it. And thank you for not letting others get to you and for fighting the good fight for, for someone mm-hmm. so young. Um, yeah. In, in after, sorry, after, you know, doing those small changes after bringing up your, your voice about these schools, did you see anything change? Like did, did anything become different? Um, I, I, I don't really know if there was anything in particular that changed. Um, I guess my own personal experience with it hasn't really been bullying because it wasn't really a constant thing because I will confront you and find you afterwards or say <laughs> something. If you hurt my friend, I will do something about it. Like I, I, Hell I'm not, yes. I guess, Hell as yes. timid as I was <laughs> before. And sometimes my parents were like, okay, sometimes you need to just not get involved. I understand they are not good people, but just tone it down. Um, so a lot of my friends are very, I guess, sort of defensive, defensive of one another and we will stand up to the person, but um, that's not that's not how it is in a lot of the cases. And we are, again, very lucky to be in a very diverse place. We have a very big API um, population um, in our school and a really big I guess, Asian presence, right? So that's really lucky thing that we have. We have Asian teachers, um, some Asian administrators too, right? But not everyone has that privilege. Um, so if they say something, sometimes their concerns won't be as, I guess, voiced or valid um, as before. But... Um, I guess in terms of changes, I'm not really sure about anything um, direct. Uh, one of the inspirations behind our lesson plan, though, that we just developed was that um, if there's more awareness around issues facing API, then it might stop the comments and it might make people realize that those kinds of comments are wrong um, because they can be, it's not always the kid's fault. It, it could be a normalized thing, the television, media, all that, their parents, stuff like that. So just educating them would probably help um, a bit more. Um, so that's, that was sort of the, the idea behind, um, our pledge and the lesson plan, um, that we developed. Um, so that was actually implemented into our school. So they all signed pledge grade for one day. So that was nice. Um, I definitely saw a lot more API history or some more being taught, um, from, I guess the seventh grade and a little bit in eighth grade, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, once again, I hate to sound like an old timer, but when I was your age, we really didn't get a lot of those like uh, lesson plans about AAPI history or culture, anything like that in school. Maybe like it was like just like you said, like maybe a few events here or there, but nothing too big. And the only time I ever did get to lean and learn more about it is was in college, you know. But I do believe that you're right; it's important to learn at a younger age. And like you said earlier, with one of some of your programs, which I do think was the answer to have. Uh, that you mentioned earlier about uh, Asian 
are AAPI students in school facing discrimination and bullying just simply because of their ethnic background? I think the program that your organization created, uh, I think it was a pledge, correct? The 1180 pledge. It was like a, a petition that you guys started, right? To add a, or to have one singular day out of 180 days in the school year be strictly just for teaching students about AAPI history and culture. Um, when that plan does reach its success, like you say it has and it will, are, do you have any more plans to expand on that idea and go further with it once it's more successful? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's reached a, a good amount of teachers. I was actually surprised with how much <laughs> how, how many people agreed to it. Um, but the actual follow through is a little hard. It's sort of just like agreeing to yeah, like agreeing to teach one day, right? But I don't know. Things happen. You forget. Plans change. You don't know where the materials are. You don't know what you're supposed to be teaching exactly. Um, and those are all, I guess, just very valid things that happen. And teaching is very hard in the first place too. So we wanted. We also made a like a lesson plan um, that's like one hour long, and we sort of discuss. Um, the, the issues that are that the Asian community faces within the United States and the sort of terms around that um, and discrimination they face, like the model minority myth and the perpetual foreigner myth. And, the, and then we tie those myths into different historical events. Um, so Japanese internment camps, Chinese Exclusion Act, um, I guess, farm workers strikes, like things like that, right? And then we also want to uplift the API community too, because there's a lot of bad stuff the United States government yeah. has done to us, but there's a lot of good things that we've done. So you know what? Why not celebrate those things? So we also like to close it out with some API heroes and some um, modern day um, Asian Americans who are just fighting for change, um, fighting for justice, as well as the ones in the past. Um, so that's, that's sort of the goal of the lesson. We're hoping to expand on that. We've already taught it to around... I don't even know because we launched it in May um, and then it was sort of busy and hectic and we were finishing up the school year and we'd like hop around skipping school and go to teach our lesson plans. Um, but oh, I don't even know how many classrooms. I think it was like seven or eight, but we're, we're getting more, getting more in the fall. So Yeah. All right. Uh, so earlier you said that one of the lesson plans you guys were doing where is you were having – uh, yourselves, you and members of the uh, AAPI Youth Rising organization, be the ones to be teaching other people uh, one hour of AAPI history. And I know you guys entitled it One Day of AAPI History. I got to know that other than those, I guess, not so pleasant events, putting it nicely about a uh, Asian Americans in America, where did you guys find the information you guys needed to be able to tell the unsung stories, uh, the good times about AAPI community. Where'd you guys find that information you needed? Um, well, um, Asian American Education Project is a wonderful resource. We've worked with them um, before um, trying to get their their materials out there. But we got a lot of, um, I guess we learned about a lot of the heroes from reading parts of their lessons. Um, and they were really interesting. I guess they have this whole, um, I guess, civil civil rights heroes thing um, that you can read. You can definitely go check that out. But um, it's very, I guess, sort of in-depth about different um, historical heroes. So we got a lot of those from there. And some of them were just people we heard about on like social media and the news and all that. And we just wanted to, I guess, sort of include them in um, to, I guess, teach more people about the amazing things that they have done and show them that 
youth can do it too. Adults can do it too. Anyone can, I guess, sort of, I don't know, uh, advocate for themselves, basically. So that's that's where we got a lot of it. But yeah, a lot of it was just people we heard about and people we knew um, about doing great things. So. Um, were there any AAPI heroes that you personally favored that you wanted to like talk about that you were especially excited to talk about in your history plans or lessons? Yeah, um, Grace Lee Boggs is definitely one. I've I've said this on several different places, but uh, <laughs> she was a really great um, uh, intersectional activist. Um, I think she uh, passed in 2015, um, but she mm. was um, really really um, successful at advocating for our community in Detroit and also working a lot with the African-American community and with, um, I guess, housing right, rights leaders. And she just did a lot of stuff within her lifetime, and it's really inspiring to see um, another AAPI, especially another Asian woman, doing something like that. Um, and she was just all around really great person, and um, she advocated even to her um old age so she was really cool I, I definitely wanted to i guess sort of put her in there but uh yeah 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 there are a lot of untold stories and i once again i'm going to be say thank you on behalf of our community for being the one to you and for all the people in your organization for being the ones to actually actively seek out this information and voice it and tell other people about these kind of people about these kinds of people um are there other api resources or organizations that you might have teamed up with during your uh rise to fame oh i wouldn't call it a rise to fame but rise to successful advocacy there we are yeah uh uh, i'm not really sure i guess um diversify our narrative they're really cool they um they passed a bill um uh, they passed a bill last um Oh my God, I'm forgetting. Last October, they passed a bill last October um, mandating ethnic studies in California um, for um, the year, I think it was 2029. Um, but that's going to be a, a high school graduation requirement to take an ethnic studies course. So they were really cool. And 2029 is quite a while away. So there's a lot to do before them, but that's still a really big step in the right direction. Um, make us visible. They're also doing something similar um, where they're going state by state mandating API history. Um, they were behind um, the mandate in New Jersey um, that was recently passed, I think, and several other campaigns to do that. So they're really cool as well. Um, oh my God, there's so many. I could go on off, <laughs> off on this for hours, but um, I don't even know. I'm trying to think. Yeah, just a lot of great educators out there as well. Um, who have definitely supported my organization a ton and supported um, our members a whole lot. But yeah. Got it. All right. So this one may be a bit more of a personal question, but I am curious, how, how are you able to manage your time between organizing a lot of these events and basically, you know, founding and being in charge of this organization, but also still having time to be a student because for everyone that's listening, if you aren't aware, she just said she's entering her freshman year of high school. So in one it's month, a pretty big deal. In one yeah, month, in one, in one month. month, I will be entering my freshman. I I don't even know how I'm gonna um, manage next. I, I I'm just kidding, but no, I, I definitely <laughs> want to keep doing this, keep going. Um, but I don't even know. I I miss too much school. Don't do this, you guys. Okay, PSA to all <laughs> students out there. I missed way too much school. 
doing various um, activisty things. Um, and that was, I guess it, it was rewarding in some ways, but you know, when you're, if you teach the lesson plan and the only time you can teach is during school, you kind of have to miss and then you, and then you end up skipping date is not good. Don't do this. Don't good attendance is key. You guys, but, um, I'm not <laughs> really sure. Uh, I guess I, I sort of, I didn't really sideline. I don't even know. It just sort of happened. Yeah, you but just I have able like, to do both. yeah, because uh, time management is unfortunately not my um forte. Uh, but I just sort of worked around around it, and I don't even know. Oh yeah, delegating your tasks to other people. This is definitely not <laughs> a one person effort. I did not do this alone. If I had done this alone, I would have like this Probably would have been my full time job. Not Literally going to high school job. too. Yeah. Not going to school this time. We've done this all day long. Um, but no, I, I definitely had a ton of help from my other members, um, uh, and managing all that. And obviously, not not one person's amazing at everything. I'm not good at social media. It's not very. I'm, I'm really bad at posting things, but and I'm really slow at it too. But you know, other members really like doing that, and they're good at that. So delegating tasks and learning to, I guess, assign things to other people is definitely a big a big thing with that. Um, and I never want this to be specifically about like just me. Right. Um, yeah. I, I want the whole purpose of the group is also to provide a uh, platform for other youth to share their voices and speak out as well. So that was definitely a big part um, of the organization. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, everyone, you heard it first from Mina. If you're going to start an organization uh, meant to change the world, Make sure you get a full team to help you along with it. Because if you do it yourself, you are most definitely going to go nuts or go crazy. <laughs> okay. Also, please um, keep a rigid sleep schedule. Do not miss sleep. I mean, it's important, whatever you're advocating for, but just like take your eight hours a day. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, so another thing is, are there any events – that you and your organization are planning to be part of late uh, in uh, in the future or have that you guys have been a part of lately that has been good at advocating your message? Um, well, I guess the, I, I'm not really sure. Um, events in the future. Um, well, the lesson plan's definitely been a big focus so far. Um, so we're hoping to make it, I guess, sort of more distributable and making a video. I'm not really sure if that's going to be executed properly or when that's going to happen. But um, yeah, and we're thinking of doing like a, a yearly, like sort of AYR conference. Um, how we would do that, I have no idea, but that was an idea being circulated. Um, I guess what else is there? Yeah, Social media is very important for advocating, although sometimes it can be a bit of a hellscape of a place. Um, it is, it's important to get your message out there as well. Yeah. Uh, you personally, is there anything you would want to do if you weren't so if you weren't busy doing all this activism for the AAPI community? Is there anything like you personally would want to be doing? Um, well, I would never want to replace, I guess, sort of the the experiences that I've had um, um, advocating, but. I do like drawing quite a bit. I like like painting and making art. Actually, you can't see this right now, but there is 
Um, I have all my art stuff because I was painting right before <laughs> I hopped on the thing, and it is not finished. And it looks really bad, so I'm not going to show you. But I really like doing making art, and I guess doing all that um, as well. So yeah, I saw in your I, be doing. <laughs> yeah. I saw on your website that you guys were having a, a, an event called the AAPI Youth uh, sh- Art Showcase. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see some of your art on there, or because you, I, I you like to draw one- and paint? I, I did submit a thing. Um, it is not posted on the Instagram, but I did submit a painting. But, you know, every year when you get better at art, you look back on your old art and you're like, that was, I don't like it anymore. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to reshare that. <laughs> but I did, I did like uh, making it. it. It was fun. It took a while. But uh, yeah, we, yeah. And we also like to focus on more creative things and make sure that people, I guess, sort of, yeah, creativity and art is especially a great way to share your voice. Um, we have a lot of very avid writers as well in our organization mm-hmm. um, and a lot of like art people. So, yeah, I don't know exactly how that happened, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing about these arts and uh, these writings by all the members. Uh, I do have to say these past couple of years, I think we can both evidently see that they have been difficult for a lot of people from different marginalized communities. And mm-hmm. if we're being honest, they've been difficult for much, much longer than that. Pandemic has instilled a lot of anti-Asian violence and xenophobia towards the AAPI community. And I think I think it's important that we hear this, but can you share with everyone listening why you think it's important to not give up hope and to fight back against these kinds of injustices? Mm-hmm. Well, the world is an interesting place sometimes. So sometimes, I guess your mission won't carry through. Either people won't listen or public attention will be shifted to another issue. Um, or I don't know, whatever happens, if you, whatever you're advocating for isn't getting, I guess, and you feel like people aren't listening to you, there's always going to be someone listening. And I guess you just have to like wait it out a little and I guess sort of reassess Um and figure it out, but never give up hope on whatever you want um, to see changed in the world. Because if you, I guess, are determined to change, then it, it will change eventually. Um, yeah, but whatever it is, just stick to it. Um, it is a frustrating battle at times, um, but mm-hmm. it's it's all worth it in the end. Yeah, you're right. You're you're honestly absolutely right. Uh, thank you for. For, for doing this, honestly. If, Thank if you there guys were... for inviting me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to... I haven't done an interview like this in a while, so it's kind of... Well, fun. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad. Like, honestly, it's it's good hearing your thoughts and your opinions and, and your voice in all these matters and even hearing more about you personally, hearing about you, you know? It's important that our that, that we're seen and, and that we're heard. So, mm-hmm. honestly, thank you for coming on here. And yeah, thank you for sharing exciting. with all of us why it's important to keep fighting the good fight. And seeing you fight the good fight and you and all your friends in the organization just gives me hope that in the future, things will be better for our community and for all communities in general. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. Uh, we want to, again, thank our guest, Mina, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was great uh, speaking with you.
Yeah. All right, guys. To learn more about AAPI Youth Rising and all the good they're doing, please visit their website, aapiyouthrising.org. If you guys have any suggestions for future guests or topics, we'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, as well as follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Asian Voices Radio is produced by Asian Culture and Media Alliance, a nonprofit that empowers our AAPI community with a voice through media arts. If you would like to support our program and make a donation, please visit AsianVoicesRadio.com. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Jawson Fong, and please join us next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Voices Radio show. Until then, take care, everybody.